Hey guys, it's the Great Debates. It's 2021. Yes. Oh, it's a new year, oh, baby. Somebody okay, claimed it's still like, long 2020 until we get to the Biden inauguration. Oh, I, I like, like that. <laughs> Listen, my New Year's resolution is to not waste any more time. I'm going to get right into it. I've got a micro debate. This is submitted by listener Corey. And the topic for Steve Healy to take the pro on, eating in the car is always a little sad. I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. There's just something missing. There's something wrong about it. You're gonna get, there's the danger of getting ketchup on yourself. You don't have a napkin when you need one. You're in a, you're sitting in kind of a strange a car position which is not ideal nothing about the car is designed for eating it's a messed up situation it's always just a little bit sad you're running late you don't have enough time in that day you're hiding from the outside world or from someone around you something's gone off if you're uh eating in the car it's sad there's something missing i'm not saying it can't be thrilling uh, kind of fun memorable uh, just saying that their sadness is in the mix <laughs> some of my fondest memories as a kid are on those days when you were being rushed carpool wise for me it was like okay we go right from hebrew school to <clears throat> soccer practice and the only option you have to eat dinner is to like sit on like the trunk what do you call it when you like put the trunk down and you sit on the hatchback door and you're eating your your parents one of your parents probably whoa, your mom whoa, wait wait is that you're what? outside of the car no you're sitting in the car in the car okay. but the doors are open <clears throat> the sort of the okay, you know the okay. trunk is open okay the trunk in my is case open. it was a it was a chevy malibu okay uh, station wagon picture the malibu and i'm okay. sitting next to jesse needleman and we're eating whatever makeshift dinner my mom had put together and it's great um while i'm eating i'm putting on my shin pads to get ready for soccer practice what Go ahead, Just Healy, the way jump you in. said great there. I asked, the, go back 30 well, seconds if you not. have to in the podcast. Great. It was great. It's You know what I'm hearing, Dave? I'm hearing a nostalgic story, and nostalgic yeah. stories are powerful, and they're very vivid and very memorable. And they can be there can be joy and happiness, and it sounds like you were with a friend. When you remember now, you're a child, and that's a nice feeling. Your mom has made you a dinner. That's good. But there's still that sadness, isn't there? You no, if someone had asked me in the bit, moment, you if someone in, in the moment had said, are you sad you right now? I would have been like, on. no, I'm, this is great. I'm out of Hebrew school. I'm ready to go run around. I got my mom's home cooking. There's no I'm way here that with you Jesse. loved Hebrew also, school, first Healy, of all. Something, let's move on to something else, which is that like, oftentimes eating in the car is a byproduct of one of the great American traditions, road trips. That's not sad. That's great. And by the way, especially in, let's be honest, in this time that we're in right now, now, we're not as able to go in and eat in places as we used to be. So I agree, I, and that's sad. <laughs> that's a sad, <laughs> limiting thing that's going on. Look, the best case for this is the road trip. I don't think trip. anyone's like that disappointed that they can't eat in a McDonald's. It's a little like, sad that they just, don't have the option. They're forced, to, trapped in their car. Yeah, but definitely, no actually, the best, definitely the best case for eating in the car is the road trip. Yes. But there's something the, sad about, we can't even pull over at the historic Peach Orchard over there and just eat there. No, we have to keep going. We have to 
to be in you're, Denver by nightfall. You're assuming the- that anytime you eat in the car, it's not happening by choice. And that's simply not true. There's certainly times on a road trip where you say like, hey, we could pull over and like spend a half hour, go to the bathroom and eat and whatever. Yeah, and, then, and people override that decision to go like, let's just keep it's, going. Yes, let's drive through. Or sadly, let's they have the are cool. forced to. By the way. No, I'm saying this is a. There's certainly times when people are like, "Let's just keep going. We're having fun. We're listening to music. Like we don't need to get out of the car." And by the way, th- you're not always eating food from crappy drive-throughs when you're in a car. You're often, um, you're often like bringing food that you made at home, or you're often like eating food that um, like leftovers or something. It doesn't have to be McDonald's. I think that's what we're all picturing. Okay, if you're but- a kid and you're on a road trip and you're eating food from home, no matter what, even if it's the best food in the world, even if your mom is friggin' Thomas Keller or something, okay, like, well, it you're bummed to be fr- that you didn't stop at McDonald's on the okay, way. Okay, well, then if you're that kind of kid, then you're probably psyched that you're eating McDonald's. A lot of kids love McDonald's. Or it's but a, you'd or, want to be in McDonald's. A fast food There's always no, no. going to be a sadness element to eating in the car. That's not where you want to be eating it. I've never seen like kids like happy to be at a McDonald's, to be in the actual McDonald's. That's crazy. Other than like the playground, that. Yeah, the ones that fun. have. They're inti- sometimes they're a bit intimidated and odd. They can't believe their good fortune. I've definitely I think seen the fact kids. that you, when you were talking about how like it's always <laughs> a little dangerous, you're going to get ketchup on yourself. Like yeah. that's the kind of thing the kids love. Where it's like this is going to be a little sloppy. We don't usually get to do this. This is like a there's a little bit of like a verboten quality to it. It's like a it's like a, oh we don't usually play by these rules at home. But there's nothing sad about like being able to eat. Okay, a yeah, but the there's car. also a sadness side to that too, Dave. Isn't there instability? mom's nervous i could get in trouble it's fun and exciting true too but it's also there's something a little sad there Mm. all right i think we hit it i think healy did his best i think that it's hard to get around the road trip and i don't know that it's fair that it is Mm. like is it uh, i it's a stretch to say that's always a little bit sad when you when you said that top, I thought I was going to take the pro, and I was so revved up. This is going to be such a slam dunk. And then I realized, no, wait, I'm taking the con. And You're then I kind of surprised way... myself. I was like, maybe yeah. there is something a little sad about it. That's the yes. beauty of the debates, is that sometimes taking the position you don't think you want actually opens your... I mean, this is... I'm, like, sort of joking, but I actually think this is really true. Like, <laughs> totally. the best way to actually try to change your mind is to have to argue the other side as vehemently as you can yes Uh, also primarily the zen and the art of the debater you know you gotta do Mm. first you have to debate yourself that's really who you're debating Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe not i don't know Uh, um medina you have kids now how often are you guys eating in the car well we took a an interesting sort of road trip a couple of weekends ago where um we decided to take the um, the Angels two. Crest, the two. We took the two up to the top, the highway there in Los Angeles. This goes through Los Angeles National Forest, and you rise past Mount Wilson. And then what's interesting about right now is that it's not a very, um, it's not a high traffic road, so they don't maintain it during the winter. So there's every three miles or so, there's a warning sign that says that the um, that the uh, road's going to be closed, but we were lucky enough that it was open all the way and we got to go pretty high up. Anyway, we stopped at a closed campground 
um, huh. and did sort of what you described, Dave, and opened up the yes. um, the hatchback and uh, sat on the tailgate and had a nice tailgate, yes. wintry lunch. Uh, um, I I, um, I saw pictures of this on Instagram, and if I'm not mistaken, you guys were like in the snow and on the beach in the same day. Exactly. So it then was, it was like an ad for Visit California. It was <laughs> fantastic. It wasn't planned that way, but basically we we. Uh, we got back in the car after the wonderful meal, sort of like in and out of the car. And then both kids fell asleep and it was like a dream come true that they were napping. And so we were like, mm. well, we can't get out. So we just continued <laughs> on to the beach. Right. You gotta, if you hit a red light, you know, you're in trouble, right? Like, yeah. That's the so game. We, you got to just keep going. It turns out on, on a Sunday afternoon with no traffic, you can get from the, <laughs> like Mount Wilson to Venice Beach in about 40 minutes. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe That's 50 crazy. minutes. It's, it surprised me. Yeah. So, um, that was pretty, uh, pretty neat. But, uh, anyway, we had a nice meal sort of like in and out of the car there. Doesn't sound sad to me. Mm-mm. I'm Very biting fun. my tongue on whether sitting on the tail with the yeah, hatchback yeah, yeah. open is that in the car? I don't know. It doesn't really count. But oh, then oh, we, got to, we got a beautiful family memory. <laughs> we got a coffee and a and a cookie, and that was sort of like enjoyed on the ride. And yeah. I I don't know. I like that part. Yeah. Well, we have no. another food-related top. I think we need we to do. get to. Yeah, and okay. this one is um, who's wants to take the pro on this? Do uh, do you have Healy? Healy what, it's up to you, man. What do you want? You know what's what we're the hitting? top? I'll, I'll... It's two words. Oh, pro. Oh yeah, okay. he's pro. Right. Okay, so um, right. So uh, yeah, I'm just going to introduce this top. Healy's taking the pro. The topic is medium rare. Okay, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. You want it medium rare. It's the answer. Medium. We know that the American language of cooking meat is a little bit, for whatever reason, skewed. Maybe it's for the to respect the sensibility of those who don't want to really be in touch with what they're dealing with, uh, which is a piece of meat, or maybe in the age when meat was not... Uh, in as high quality as it really is today, you can get pretty much anywhere in the country. I think you can get a pretty quality, organic, grass-fed piece of meat, and you want it medium rare. That's the correct way to cook it. Gives you a little bit of what you're consuming, helps you appreciate it, is hot enough, is good enough, is cooked enough for you. That's what you want. Medium's going to be a little too much. Well done. Look, if you're one of those freaks, God bless you. Rare's fine. I like rare. Respect it, but I'm pro medium rare. Well, medium rare. There's nothing wrong with medium rare. It's great. Like I usually order a steak medium rare. But first of all, who said we're talking about a steak? Maybe we're talking about a lamb. Maybe we're talking about pork. Like there's a lot of meats that you cook to temperature, and a lot of people don't like the other meats at medium rare. They like them at a medium. And in fact, a lot of like chefs prefer a lot of those meats to be cooked medium. As far as like even if we're just talking about like a steak or beef. Man, if you're only ordering your steak or your filet or whatever it is, if you only order it medium rare, you're missing out. If you're not once in a while living on the edge and get that bloody rare steak, you're missing out. That's my birthday steak. I, I'm, going, I'm getting a filet. I'm getting it rare. It's juicy. It's bloody. It's dripping all over my face. I love it. I'm craving it right now. And there's something about medium rare that's like, 
safe. It's like, like you said, it's the way you're supposed to eat a steak. Well, that's fine most of the time, but if you don't have a, a variety of temperatures, then you're missing out a little bit. I'm with you. I think well done is like ridiculous. I don't understand how people eat steak that way, but there certainly are people who like steak that way. And there's some people who feel like they can only eat steak or certain meats that way. If you take it off the table, that's kind of not fair. No one's taking anything off the table. No one's even taking away your birthday steak. We're debating medium rare. I'm taking the pro. I'm for it. I, you have to attack the fairly exalted reputation of medium rare. Maybe you can say it's overrated or overused. I guess you threw out that it's safe, but safe it is, is safe. not. Uh, and uh, it is overrated. Bad and it is in the world of meat, you do you do want a level of safety there, and it's 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 safe with the flavor and the essence and the appreciation, which is the other part of the equation. So that's why it's good i mean the pro case is fairly self-evident which is weak for a debater but unfortunately i think making the case for medium rare is simply a matter of asking what else is there yeah sure have a rare every once in a while i love that that's cool have fun dave that's great but medium rare is solid but also have sensible. it medium once in a while and also have okay. it like medium well once in a while and also I, like i had it well done when i'm a kid and i you know i get it i think it's I, I sort of respect it if you love that, but I don't like it anymore. I don't need to have it anymore. It would be a waste of a product that I try to eat with some kind of respect and, uh, you know, uh, sensitivity. Uh, so that's why. The case against medium rare is that it's become accepted without people actually trying different temperatures of meat to see what they like. There's been that, a, like, where are you, weird... You're pulling that out of nowhere. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't about? think so. I think that like most parents, when they first like tell a kid like what kind of how to get their steak done, they're like, try it medium rare. Like that's good. That's what most right. people like. And kids always listen to their parents, so no one ever tries it any other way. Okay, what? well that's a great a great point uh, against medium rare is that like to rebel a little, you should be getting your steak not medium rare. You should I try, try it, different it ways. but then return to the wisdom of the parents. All right. I'm not sure how much else we have to say about me to be honest. I yeah. thought this would be more fruitful. Me too. A little richer. <laughs> didn't get I, think I'm gonna, I think I'm going to concede. What? I've been thinking, I can't stop thinking about a medium rare steak since we started to make okay. All I want to do is eat a medium rare steak. Well, hey, maybe it's like um, in uh, searching for Bobby Fisher and before you can concede, I offer you a draw. Okay, I'll, uh, this time I'll take it. Um, Medina, do you have any thoughts to close I'm, this out? I'm feeling the draw here, and uh, and mainly because I think there is um, there's ammunition left, sort of um, uh, on both sides, and I think <laughs> that maybe Healy, what really what what ought to have been unpacked is you started out with talking about the language of american meat cooking mm. and we use this funny term medium rare to signify perfectly cooked steak mm, and right. the other levels are either un you could have it undercooked perfectly cooked slightly overcooked <laughs> very overcooked or inedible <laughs> and like if we retranslated the scale thusly i think like it seems like inevitable that you choose me to mistake now dave yeah the thing is you kind of touched on some of the um like yeah a, a rare steak is great but maybe even better is the experience of steak tartare very important oh. to have once in a while this is uncooked steak yeah. this is a whole different thing and then on the other end of the spectrum 
the whole trend now with the hamburgers and the cheeseburgers are these smash burgers, which yes. I'm sure you guys have had. And these are all cooked to smithereens. These are not medium rare. But there's something really delicious about the crispy um, sort of overcooked. Now, that's uh, interesting. Are they? I guess I haven't really thought that much about the smash burger, like how what it is cooked. Because, like, obviously the fringes are real, are, like, charred. Or whatever. You've got to be the only the, guy in LA who hasn't thought about the Smash Burger recently. It's like everything anybody's talking about. Oh, I mean, I think about it. I love <laughs> it. I, we have, you know, uh, what's it called? Burgers never say die not too uh, mm, far away. It's delicious. delicious burger. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think you'd be hard pressed to find the pink in there, but maybe. It's yeah, you're probably so right. Because it's so it thin. Yeah. allow for it. But it still is an amazing taste. Anyway, just a couple of thoughts from the. The old moderator there. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's good stuff. Do you, do you guys ever order your steaks rare? It's been a while. Yeah, I make it kind of rare. Yeah. Mm. When, I, when I was in college, we went to a steakhouse with my roommates and a bunch of people. And my roommate, Will, he ordered a steak. And the waitress asked, how would you like that? And he said, bloody. And I was like, you, I was like, wow, you like a rare steak and he was like not really i just wanted to say bloody once in my life. i was like i love it that's great the steak came and he was like yeah it's not cooked enough i don't like this i remember but, as a young man somebody advising me to try a steak black and blue at a certain place that was like a specialty mm. where it's like singed on the outside but almost raw on the inside they Lock do that at like wolfgang's right isn't that their maybe kind it was of specialty some, there i feel yeah. like it was in boston but maybe it was somewhere else okay and sure yeah. well, i mean yeah that's the thing to try i guess I mean, we probably shouldn't be eating steak anyway. And well, that might know. have been a more interesting debate whether we're allowed to <laughs> oh, <laughs> eating it. There might have been more more fruit on that. that kind of, maybe that would have been attacked the for the con, which is like, what are you talking about? This is the flesh of a living animal. This is oh, terrible. Yeah. You're talking about cook- how much you should cook uh-huh. it to eat. Uh huh. I like that. I don't know. <sighs> um, oh, well. Okay, I think we should just uh, do another one. Okay, okay, that's fine. I'm ready. Yeah, good. Are you let's into just, that? Let's mm-hmm. do one more. Let's do one more. Um, okay, I've got it right here. I think this is a Dave Brigham. Oh, I love those. And this is for mm. Healy to take the pro on. Okay. Mm. How convenient. And this topic mm. is uh, Vanna White is talented. Okay, we're talking about Vanna White, the woman who turn her main job is turning the letters on Wheel of Fortune. And, and, and also speaking in what side are you taking? I'm taking the pro, right? And who are you again? I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro okay. on Vanna right, White. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, okay. did I leave everyone confused? I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro on Vanna White. I think thank we're talking Vanna you. White's a woman who turns the letters on <laughs> yeah, Wheel of Fortune everyone. and yes. also talks to No, well, Dave, we have lots of listeners in Australia okay. and wherever well, in Europe. Okay. Okay. And they may not know this. She's she's a uh, elegant uh, blonde uh, sort of all-American beauty queen kind of look. She talks to Pat Sajak a bit. The woman has probably been on I don't know several 6,000 hours of television, I want to say. I don't know how many episodes of Wheel of Fortune there have been. Many, many, many. She's probably been doing it for 20 years. There's an episode every day. And she shows up every day, and she looks amazing, and she has a great (laughs) attitude. And furthermore, just the idea of broadcasting, appearing on television, people often assume it's really easy because the great ones make it look easy. 
it's very, very hard. Compare the Nationals to your locals, and I think you'll see a bit of the difference. The Nationals are just on a cut above in terms of just broadcasting, presenting. It's a little difficult to quantify exactly what they have that's so good, but it's a talent. It's a skill. Not everyone has it, and Vanna White has it 100%. That's why she's one of the 100 or so top television personalities still years after making her debut. That's why she'll be a part of Wheel of Fortune as long as she wants to be. That's why she's a crucial part of one of America's most popular shows. She's great. Let's be clear about what she's actually doing on the show. Let's really break this down. And I tried to. You started yelling at me that people didn't knew what it was. No, that's not. I wasn't saying that. I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to do that. If that's what it came off as. I'm sorry. Um... (laughs) Ultimately, what are what are the skills that she's bringing to the show? Yes, she's on TV, but as far as I can tell, what Vanna White is able, her talents to the extent that she has them, or to the extent that she's demonstrating them on Wheel of Fortune, are standing up straight, walking back and forth, and then touching the rectangles where the letter like when someone guesses a correct letter she doesn't even need to know where the correct letters are because those are illuminated for her to simply touch mm-hmm. and then you as do you it. kind of you do it. what's that you do it see if people turn off wheel of fortune when you start doing this instead of anna white she's i'm not saying that people you're I'm not trying saying to that make she it doesn't sound have easy? something that, well she's beautiful She's beautiful and she can stand up straight and okay. she's able to walk back and forth and she has a like pleasant smile. Now, are those things talents? I don't think so. On top of which, I would add, you suggested that she always has a good attitude about it. We don't know that that's the case. You know, we all work in TV. You know that people can have bad attitudes and be absolutely mm, miserable. I think that's she projects a good are... attitude. Sorry. Keep going. Okay. Maybe she projects a good attitude. I don't think that's really... I don't, I don't think someone who is able to project a good attitude is necessarily talented. She's not actually acting. She's just smiling. She doesn't have to say lines. She doesn't have to actually emote. All she has to do is smile. At the end of every episode, If I, I haven't watched Wheel of Fortune in years, but I believe at the end of every episode, she has like literally 15 seconds of banter with Pat Sajak, which takes you know, no discernible talent as far as I'm concerned. Like, I would imagine that those things are either scripted or semi-scripted or they have, this is the only time when Vanna White is required to do anything other than simply stand up straight and then touch a lighted box. So if you dedicate, like, that's, if that's the extent of your job, I'm pretty sure that you don't need to be too talented to find, like, 15 seconds worth of things to talk about and not stumble your way through them at the end of a show. Maybe she is. Here's what I'll say, Healy. She might be talented. I don't know. But if she is, she's not showing it on Wheel of Fortune. Okay. Are we into like a free skate here? Sure. Yeah, I, I think I, so. I've been thinking a lot about talent, actually. The word talent, like, because we knew, we all know about talent is something that you just kind of have, right? It's given to you. You can't That's earn. Right. You can get better at things. You can work hard, put in the effort. But talent is given, right? Some people have yes. talent. Some people don't. Well, you can't. You, you might long. I long to have musical talent. I don't. It's just see, a gift 
What does Vanna White have? A gift. A gift for and a gift for what, Dave? A gift for broadcasting. A gift for appearing on television. And but you and I, we've worked with a lot of no great broadcasters. A- we've worked with a lot of great broadcasters. We've worked with a lot of television personalities. It's a talent. Some people are just good at appearing on TV, at projecting the right vibe, at having the right energy, at looking the right way, at finding the camera, at just looking correct. And these it may not be fair that some people have this and some people don't. Maybe, you know, a teacher should earn more money than Vanna White. Those are all interesting questions, too. We're just talking about whether Vanna White is talented. Yes, she's talented. That's why she's on one of the most popular TV shows for an incredibly long time, since we were kids. Because she has a talent for being good at that. And well, Dave I, tries to okay. defame it by saying, like, yeah, it's just walking across the stage and turning letters. Sure, okay, you try. But she doesn't turn them try. anymore. She doesn't See if turn them good. anymore. She just touches the box. Okay, she even better. To turn she, she can change and evolve with the times. Wow. What adaptability. I think to call Vanna White a broadcaster is to be too generous to her job description. I mean, they teach broadcasting at school and in grad schools. And if someone, if you were a professor and you were like, today we're going to study Vanna White and her broadcasting, I would I would suggest that like the students there probably want their money back and say, this is not what broadcasting well, is. Well, I would this say you should, you should check in on that. And, and there is some probably something to learn from her. But B, I would say like, yeah, okay, you shouldn't study her in a school of broadcasting because what she has is a talent it's not something that you can just learn from watching her do it maybe you can pick up something but if you don't have that talent you're not going to get it from watching vanna white i don't get football talent by watching tom brady the thing that vanna white has is so close to simply beauty that i don't think it's fair to call it talent i think that she is like blessed and i think that she has like because like what she's doing isn't even really modeling like to to model something properly requires a certain athletic talent or like some like there are beautiful women who are not good models and vice versa and i don't think what vanna white's doing is even like that much more than just literally appearing on television and to that end i don't think you can call it a talent just because she is like however many standard deviations above the average person in beauty that doesn't mean that she's bestowed with talent i would call that a gift maybe but i wouldn't say that she's in any way demonstrating a talent she has a gift for being on television, and that is a talent that we've seen okay, people so try like, to have that, not be able to get it. It's just what it is is a talent that we're we're drilling down on the word talent, which I love. And Vanna White has it, even if it's just even if we sum up her talent as walking correctly, show first of all getting this job, uh, keeping the job, uh, then having the uh, wherewithal grace whatever to wear the clothes they pick out for her to walk across the stage exactly hit those marks touch the letters have the timing just right not make an error it's Mm -hmm. a lot of people get really self-conscious in front of a camera they'll make a mistake you know that would happen and she just doesn't make mistakes like that if she does she knows how to cover over them you would never you would never describe those things as talented if if i asked you by the way we're leaving out that she usually does have an exchange a chat exchange with pat at the end of the show i I don't know she always has but that is part of we're not what she does and, and that's I, improvisational conversation on television I absolutely and said that if this is the only thing that's required of your job then you better be able to do that or else you're an embarrassment healy if you said to me i have this friend and he's really talented and i said what's their talent and you said they don't choke on camera and they're able to walk six feet in either direction and touch an illuminated box i would say 
what are you talking? Are you pulling my leg? Like, what are you talking about? That's you and I both okay, know. Okay, yeah. If I said talents. I have a friend whose one talent is uh, shooting a football exactly the right height, you know, six yards back or whatever, he's an NFL long snapper. He makes four million dollars a year. Like, there's a lot of weird talents. The fact that you and I don't need someone like this doesn't mean that these aren't talents. I feel, I don't really understand. I feel like you just proved my point for me that like long snapping is no, a you're talent if someone and like just... standing in front of a camera isn't. No, they're both but, talents. Uh, they're just different talents. They're obscure talents. They're not, we don't need to hire those people. So if I described a person like that to you, you'd be like, we don't need that guy. What, what is that? If I understand your point correctly, you conceded basically that Vanna White is good at appearing like she looks good on camera and that in its in and of itself is a talent. What she does, is, projecting what she does, being okay, a part of a so television show say, like she does me, is here, a talent. My, yeah. Okay, here's my closing argument, which is that there are inanimate objects, there are animated images, there are paintings, there are vistas, there are movies like Samsara or whatever that were like there are no people involved. There are just images that look good on camera, and no one would say those things are talented. There is not one inanimate object in the world that can long snap on a football field. That is why I say that Vanna White is, again, if she is talented, she's not demonstrating it on Wheel of Fortune. She looks good. That's great. That's not a talent. Dave, come on. Samsara couldn't do the job that Vanna White does. She couldn't do all the various aspects, which, yes, are somewhat Glittery and glamoury and hauled to. Certainly, they don't. Certainly, you'd have to agree that they don't. People wouldn't like seeing a robot doing. The talent is that That people like watching it. That may be true, but you have to admit that she's not required on the show at all. That they don't need someone to actually turn the letters. I'm not messing with the magic of Wheel of Fortune, Dave. I'm not as arrogant as you to see a 30-year-long, incredibly popular television show and think, yeah, I could just pull out one of the key elements and be the same. That, I'm not saying that more people would watch. I'm You're not exactly what's wrong better. with TV, Dave. You're a suit sitting up in the big building saying, pull her up, put a robot in, save a couple bucks. Terrible. I'd, wow, that went to unexpected places. <laughs> Dan, what'd you think? Am I what's wrong with television? (laughs) I don't know if I'd go that far. Um, But Davis, I do feel like you sort of... um, Here's what I'm thinking when you Mm. say clearly a robot could do what Vanna White is doing. Mm-hmm. which is that I would really not enjoy watching Wheel of Fortune anymore if there was a robot up there instead of Vanna White. And, you know, how Vanna White must be 75 years old at this point, right? Or I don't know. How old is she? That's a great question. I have no idea. But while I'm looking There's that no up, can I, just, can I just <laughs> humbly submit that if you guys heard that tomorrow night they were going to have a robot turn the letters on Wheel of Fortune, I would watch that. I'd be okay. like, oh, okay. Okay. Try something I don't know. Watch I, I, I would watch it, but I'd also support a, like, say, Vanna rally yeah, where she John Henry against a robot or something. <laughs> so, See, Vanna but, White is 63. Cool. Okay. Okay. So what I yeah. want to say though, Dave, is not yeah. just that um that I felt like that point worked against you. It's also that I was very convinced by Healy's argument and I thought it was passionate and good. I I don't disagree with you at all. Healy did a great job with what I thought was a pretty difficult subject. I got to um, tell you I I was watching a speech that's made me think a lot about talent. It's Herm Edwards talking to the NFL recruits in, I think, like, 1994. 
and mm-hmm. it's on YouTube. I don't know how I ended up watching it. I watched it years ago. But he says something like where he's like, what's talent? You didn't earn that. You didn't earn that. And, and it really struck me as like, oh, yeah, okay, well, where is the line in a professional football player between what they do mm. earn and what they don't? It's hard to find, but we can all agree that some people are born with football talent and some people aren't, and yet we also honor the work of a football player, right? So it's like, what is, where, where's talent? What's, what is it? Mm. That well, that's a, that brings to mind a couple of things, and right. maybe, I don't know, whatever, I guess we'll just free skate host chat again, but... We're in post-chat um, now. We're in post-chat. I love it. Mm-hmm. The first thing is, I don't know how many of you watched the uh, Tiger, or at least part one of the Tiger documentary on mm. HBO about Tiger Woods. Not yet. Don't so you. there's this interesting thing where they talk about Tiger versus Phil Mickelson, who, you know, he was probably Tiger's biggest rival for most of his career. And the Woods family, especially Tiger's mom, hated Phil Mickelson. Why? Because he was generally agreed to be like blessed with the most physical talents, but like was 15 pounds overweight and like didn't put in that like sort of, you know, Kobe Jordan tiger style, absolute dedication to the craft. And they, to them, it was like a sin that he had wasted his talents. The one little detail, which is so great is that tiger, uh, uh, Phil Mickelson, you know, people call him lefty and tiger's mom called him hefty, which (laughs) like as a slam on Phil, but the other second thing, and then I'll shut up was that, um, I thought you were going to say Healy that you, (laughs) that you, uh, I thought we were going to bring up what Fran Leibowitz said about talent on Pretend It's a City, which I don't know if you watched. I may not have gotten to that episode yet. What is she? Well, basically, she makes this case that the great thing about talent is that it's like the only thing that's evenly distributed throughout the population. Yes. That like anyone can be sprinkled with talent, you know, with by who, whether that's God or divine, whatever, like whatever you think that is, that it's not. I mean, I, I this this I guess like it was an interesting question to me. She says that it's not at all genetic, and part of me was like, "Well, is that true?" I feel like some talents must be passed down genetically, but there is something. I think that's what we like about talent is that yes, like anyone yes, can yes. just be randomly super talented totally, at something. Yeah. Is a, yeah. I always think about uh, music. Like I know we've talked about this even, Dave. That music, there's musical talent, and it doesn't correlate to. Being intelligent, being rich, right. being good-looking, and sometimes people have that plus they're good-looking, plus they're a good composer, plus right, they're a good right. uh, business person, and it's unbelievable. But it doesn't right. have to be like that. <laughs> you could be right. an amazing singer and be dumb as a box of rocks and a, and a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <sighs> Where's that? Voice? Hey, well, I had a pretty good time here in the first. <laughs> okay. Uh, from meeting in the car to we're hashing it out mm. in 2021 mm-hmm. and i love it yeah Hashtag we're still out. out there trying to figure it all out we'll get there we'll we're get getting there. closer i think i think so too uh well guys i hope you also had a good time and uh enjoyed the debates and um i guess we'll just see you out there on the next one as soon as we can the great debates <laughs> The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caricello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina. <laughs>